This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com This is your Wednesday morning update. Good morning. This is Mike Parrot. I am the host of Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. This is live talk radio the way it should be. We are always on air, always online. Always happy to be with you. Today is the 13th day of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. And we are broadcasting once again from RTF South. Maybe a little echoey down here. Lots going on. Uh, if you want to email me, you can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. This program airs every single day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and we are glad to do it. Uh, military health, front and center today. Myocarditis up 151%. Pulmonary heart disease, 62%. I don't even know what this other heart disease is. 69% heart failure, 973%. So in July, uh, Undersecretary Cisneros acknowledged the DMAT data, the database working. DMED is Defense Medical DMED data. Properly and also acknowledged things such as myocarditis rising 151%. So what I did, I went in today, um, and I'm doing the same thing, five-year average. However, I'm comparing it to 2022, and I only... I'm using fixed wing pilots and helicopter pilots, active duty. So we get hypertensive disease, 36%, ischemic heart disease, 69%, pulmonary heart disease, 62%, heart failure, 973%, other forms of heart disease, 63%, cardiomyopathy, 152%. So in July. All right. So this is a this is a man in uniform. He's probably going to be targeted. I would imagine. Uh, he is a Navy lieutenant. He looks like he's a nurse or a doctor uh, of some kind. Doctor Macy M A C I E. He's in uniform. He's posted this. Um. Okay. Has our force in readiness been decimated? What could possibly be causing this? Look, beyond being just kind of like the QT uh, conservative, the QT conservative would say, oh, I wonder what's been causing this. Oh, ho, 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 ho. And just kind of laugh about it. This is a deadly, serious problem that we have in these United States. If the pilots in our United States have a thousand percent increase in heart failure, That's a big problem. We invest millions of dollars just to train a pilot on how to fly an airplane. And then we put them in a, what, half billion dollar aircraft system so that they can deliver a payload on target on time. When there are troops in contact on the ground and you call an airstrike, you do so because you need it. If you call for air support of any kind, when you are on the ground, it is because you need it at that moment. Not later, but when you call for it. You either need to suppress an enemy target 
or possibly you need a casualty evacuation. I'm not just talking about fixed wing, but rotary wing as well, just like this doctor was. 1,000% increase in heart failure on those who are charged with carrying out these uh, vital air support missions. When will the truth be acknowledged? Here on the Crusade Channel, we know the truth. We know what's causing this. I don't even have to say it. I don't even have to whisper it. I don't even have to imply it. Everybody knows. Every single person listening to the sound of my voice knows exactly what is causing this. The question is about accountability and leadership. Why is it okay that we live in a country where our leaders can get away with this? Where they are not held accountable? Where they have brought this terrorism, this bioterrorism, onto our own people, our own military, our own pilots. You know, they talk about how our military has a readiness problem. We're just not ready for the next war. We just can't seem to get our stuff together. We can't get our stuff in one bag. Literally cannot deploy entire battalions overseas. Reason why they're just not ready. Why aren't they ready? They're not trained. They're not equipped. They're not medically ready. We talk about how we have a readiness problem in these United States. But nobody talks about the myocarditis. Nobody talks about the increase in heart attacks. 1,000% heart failure in U.S. Navy pilots active duty year over year. Something has to have caused that. There should be congressional investigations. There should be accountability. Somebody should finally hold the buck. But it won't happen. Because we don't live in a country like that. We don't live in a society where leaders are truly accountable to the people. We don't live in the type of country where somebody gets on TV and says, hey, you know what? We were wrong about this clot shot. We were wrong. We're sorry. Here are the 15 people who pushed it on you. Here's how it happened. We don't even get a phony 9-11 commission. Remember the 9-11 commission? It was supposed to be bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats, investigating for years, calling witnesses, combing through the evidence, all to release a non-answer. An absolute fabricated non-answer to the real questions. They don't even simulate a 9-11 commission anymore. That level of theater is beyond the uh, capability of uh, the current theocrats in charge of the United States. They won't even pretend to look into what is causing this military readiness issue. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Merry Manly Christmas giveaway. I need you to go to crusadechannel.com slash Mary right now. Crusadechannel.com slash Mary. Be entered to win. You can call in when the, uh, when the keyword is given by the King Dude himself. And we, when you are the lucky number caller, you are entered to win the grand prize. Plus, you get 50 bucks in the Founders Trading Post. 
which if I had 50 bucks in the Founders Trading Post, I would have, I'd probably split it. I'd probably buy one or two books and then a bag of coffee. I don't know. I don't know what I would do with 50 bucks in the Founders Trading Post, but that's probably what I would do. Or maybe I'd buy one book and two or three bags of coffee. These days, with uh, the hours I'm keeping, I may need two or three bags of coffee just to get through one book. Did you guys see the? Uh, did you guys see the Polish member of parliament? Did you see that he uh, <laughs> he took a what is this? He took a fire extinguisher to the menorah candle inside uh, the parliament building. It's making the rounds. Look, we all have not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear business suits. Okay. All right, uh, the anti-Trump candidate, his name is Chris Krispy Kreme Donut. He's still actually running for president. I know this is surprising to many of you. It's surprising to me, too. He's still out there. Here he is making his case that the reason you should vote for him is that he is fatter and younger and uh, more liberal than Donald Trump. I don't want there to be any doubt in anybody's mind. He is a danger to this country. He is unfit to be president. He is here only to serve himself and not to serve you. And he said the other day in legal papers that the President of the United States does not have the obligation to support the Constitution. He said that the oath says preserve, protect, and defend, not support. And let me tell you something. He believes it. And he will act that way. And if that doesn't chill your blood as an American, I don't know what will. I don't want. All right. Um, there's Chris Krispy Kreme Donuts. He's out there making the case. I think this is somewhere in New Hampshire. That's probably where he thinks he's going to make his stand. He is a danger to this country. He is unfit to be president. He's only here to serve himself, not you. Governor Christie's entire campaign is against Trump. Not for um, uh, what, what he will do. I, I almost never hear Chris Krispy Kreme Donut saying anything about what he will do. Nevertheless, we do live in an age of uh, advocacy news and identity politics and smear media. Uh, where, uh, wherever, wherever there is media, there are people smearing each other. Running as I'm not that other person sometimes does win. For example, Joe Biden. What was it? What was his claim to fame? Oh, I'm not Donald Trump. So being not Donald Trump could actually uh, could actually win in uh, these United States. Who knows? Vladimir Zelensky came to the United States. I'm so glad he sat by a roaring fire with uh, fake Catholic serpent in chief Joe Biden. Biden meets with Ukrainian president at the White House. And sends another $200 million to Ukraine. That's a far cry short of the $300 billion he's trying to send to him and trying to get that through Congress. This is why Zelensky came to the United States with his hands out. Please send the $300 billion, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. Before the press. Before the press. Whoa. 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 Hush up a second, okay? Got one more thing to say. I've just signed 
another $200 million drawdown for the Department of Defense for Ukraine, and that will be coming quickly. Thank you. Thank you. President Biden, are you mad at me? 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 He looks confused right now. Zelensky is sitting there in his military fatigues, his olive green pants, his war fatigues in the White House next to the roaring fire. I don't think Zelensky's going to ever go back to wearing suits. I think he really is enjoying this like relaxed look. This was the this was his I don't know this was his wartime look, and it was something that he just started wearing one day. <laughs> he went into studio. He went on to Fox News later that day. <laughs> I don't think you're. I I can't make this up, ladies and gentlemen. This is so absurd to me. I can't. I, just play the tape. What do you say to critics who are saying that? I say. Such person from government or mayors think about the war, think about how to defend our people. Don't travel through the world each day. Travel to the front line. Ask people. Don't travel through the world each day. Travel to the front line. Think about how to defend our people. Ask soldiers what they need. Do this. Not build roads for today. Don't build roads today. Ask the soldiers what they need. Don't do it. Spend all your money to the weapon, to the drones, to the society, to the pensions, and etc. And Spend all your money to the weapons, to the drones, to the society, to pensions, etc. Don't cry. Don't cry. Because you're leaders. And that's it. That's why. That's why we are. And that's why we stay. Because mostly people, people are not crying. People stay and fight against Putin. And we don't have any enemies in our country. We can't have and can't have time for this. And we don't have it. We don't. (laughs) This is my we don't have enemies inside our country. We don't have time for it. We don't have enemies inside our country because we don't have time for it. What does that sound like? Hmm. I feel like I've heard something like this before. Hello, tyranny. Hello, communist dictator. There is only one party. We are all friends. We are all comrades. Nobody can descend. There's no descent of any kind. We have only one enemy. This is Putin. We only have one enemy, and it is Putin. We don't have any enemies inside of our country. We don't have time for that. There is only one enemy, and it's outside of our country. See how convenient that is? It's Putin. And that's it. That's it. But you'll stand from democracy going forward. Yes, of course. And of course. Because we are really defending democracy, and we are really defending freedom. We are really defending democracy, and we're really defending freedom. Uh, Brett Baer there gave him a little layup. Brett Baer doing the talking points of um, of the mainstream. Brett Baer just being like, hey, you sounded a little tyrannical there for a second, Vladimir. Did you want to temper your language a bit? Did you want to just go ahead and say that you, you are pro-democracy? Just for the cameras. I mean, look, you're on Fox News. You're live. You may have forgotten that you're, fo- that you're pro-democracy. <laughs> 
You probably forgot about that. Let me just give you a layup. Let me just help you. Since you are alive on Fox News right now, it would be good for you to just, I don't know, tip your hat to democracy. Because it kind of sounds like you're being a psychopath. Uh, not going to lie to you. All that was communicated just then, uh, uh, even across the language barrier, by Brett Baer, who's doing his duty for the regime. Got to make sure that we don't build any roads, ladies and gentlemen, in our own countries. We don't do any world travel. Certainly cannot broadcast from RTF South. Can't do that. Instead, if you're going to go anywhere, go to the front lines. Ask the Ukrainian soldiers what they need. Spend all your money on weapons, drones, pensions, because we only have one enemy and it's Putin. We don't have time for any other enemies. There are no enemies inside of our countries. We don't have time for that. Um, so are you going to return to democracy like later? Is that that's your long term goal? then, Vladimir? It's tyranny now, democracy later. Just promise it for later. The only Republican candidate who is actually calling this what it is is Vivek Ramaswamy, the skinny guy with a funny name, the vegetarian. The vegetarian millionaire? Is he a billionaire? The vegetarian multimillionaire. Vivek Ramaswamy is saying the right things, and he is accurately saying every single day that Ukraine is not a democracy. Ukraine is not a democracy. And if you keep saying it enough, people will start to understand, oh, yeah, this isn't about democracy. And that's why Brett Baer has to come in and say, oh, but this is really about democracy later on, right? And of course, because we are really defending democracy. We are really really defending freedom. And we are really defending freedom. The Jewish actor named Vladimir Zelensky looks straight into the camera and says, Oh, oh yes, of course, because we're, we're really defending democracy. And we're really defending freedom. That's what's actually happening here. That's what we're really doing. Sorry, did I, did I just tell you to stop building roads and stop traveling the planet Earth? Did I just tell you to spend all your money on weapons? Dr- I'm sorry. We're, we're really fighting for democracy here. You know, he is basically the Winston Churchill of our time, ladies and gentlemen. Vladimir Zelensky, I, wanna, I, I, I think we need to give him a hand. Give him a round of applause for uh, being the closest thing to the living Winston. His command of the language is surpassed only by... Sir Winston Churchill himself, the prime minister, the World War II prime minister. You know, Winston is on my mind. Uh, I love that movie, The Darkest Hour. I just do. I know I referenced it recently. That's the kind of movie that the RTF family would like to watch together. You know what I mean? That's the kind of movie. If we were going to watch a movie together, that would be the kind of movie we would watch together. Uh, look, I know, I know that Churchill was really not that good of a guy. I know that he invented the state of Israel, and I know that he was embedded, indebted, <laughs> embedded, indebted to the bankster class. I know all of those things, ladies and gentlemen. I know darn well 
what some of our famous generals said, including Patton, when he came home. And he said, we may have fought for the wrong side. But the lore, the lore is so interesting to me. And the command of the English language and the nobility and the aristocracy. All of it is just very interesting to me. All right. um, When we come back, I've got to show you, um, I've got to show you the, the words of a renegade archbishop in the Catholic Church. And he is making a very, very serious accusation. Uh, even the, the non-Catholics in the audience, I think you're going to find it very interesting. Don't go anywhere. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online. And we are always coming back for the second segment. So don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you, heard you're a groomer, so here's your millstone, good luck loser, it's hard to look right when you're a pervert, so take your millstone, no kids will get hurt, gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean, down in the ocean, alongside that titan sub, gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean, Throw them in the ocean with that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. This is Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Always on air, always online, always happy to be with you. Today is again, well, it's still the 13th day of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. Um, This program broadcasts from a number of places. I've taken you to Europe I have taken you to various parts of these United States, and right now I am broadcasting from an undisclosed Latin American country. I won't tell you even which time zone I am in at the moment, but nevertheless, I will be making some cultural observations in the coming days and weeks as my, uh, my research brings me down here, um, amongst other things. And it is just, it's just a pleasure. One thing I will tell you is that yesterday was the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. She is the patroness of the Americas. Probably the most important uh, Marian apparition uh, ever in the Western Hemisphere for sure. And possibly one of the most important in the history of the world. I know some will argue in favor of, uh, of Lourdes. Fatima. I know that there are other, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to rank them in terms of importance, but in terms of um, uh, how shall we measure this notoriety, um, the changing of world events, the changing of world history. Um, I, I think Our Lady of Guadalupe is pretty darn important at a time when Martin Luther was pulling four to five million souls, half of the European continent out of the church and damning them to hell. Our Lady of Guadalupe was converting 9 million souls to the one true faith and giving her blessing to the Spanish conquest of the new world. And yes, I said Spanish conquest because savage people need to be conquered and civilized. And that's exactly what the Spaniards did. You know, when the Anglos got here, their their method of... uh, their method of interacting with the savages that were on this continent was 
starkly different than how the Spaniards operated. The Anglos just looked at them as non-humans and killed them off or pitted them against each other, used uh, skillful diplomacy, etc. When the Catholic Empire arrived, they viewed them as human souls in need of salvation. And so schools, roads, chapels, missions were set up. That's why there are missions all across this country, and they line the coast of California. Because converting the native people here to the one true faith was imminently important, and Our Lady of Guadalupe did that. And she did it in spades. And I have to tell you, as you travel in South and Central America, you can see the remnants of Europe. You can see Christendom. It's like being able to see Christendom without all the Muslims. It's like seeing all, being able to see Christendom without all the crazy white, college-educated, pierced and tattooed liberal women. Within a generation, there was Baroque art, architecture, and music being produced in this hemisphere within a generation of Our Lady of Guadalupe. She was foretold by the Aztec people. That name was a name given to a certain statue of Our Lady carved by St. Luke, lost for, lost for so long, rediscovered in Spain. Word would not have been known here by an Aztec. Or that, 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 that string of words, Our Lady of Guadalupe, he would not have known that string of words. He would not have known that title to her. He would not have known anything about it. But when he spoke those words to the Spanish bishop, who was keenly aware that Our Lady of Guadalupe, the statue, had been rediscovered after 14 centuries in Spain. It must have been, it must have been a wild moment, let alone when he, uh, when he displayed the tilma. Where I am right now, there is a, they don't have holiday break. They don't have, uh, they don't have Christmas break. We don't even call it Christmas break in the United States anymore because we're too evolved. We call, it, uh, we, call, we call it holiday break in the United States. Here we call it Guadalupe Reyes. Guadalupe Reyes. It's a period of time uh, commencing with Our Lady of Guadalupe, feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is a national holiday. And it goes all the way to Epiphany. Why Epiphany? Reyes. Kings. From the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe to the feast of the three kings. The Three Kings, Epiphany, January 6th. That is the period of holiday, and that's what it's called in a Catholic country. Uh, very interesting to be there. All right, so, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Catholicism today on, uh, in this segment, which is, of course, brought to you by the Merry Manly Christmas Giveaway. Go to crusadechannel.com slash Mary to sign up. You can get 50 bucks in the Founders Trading Pass and win one of the six grand prizes. I am disqualified from winning, so I'm not going to try to call in. But if I could win, I would be calling in every day. Those packages look awesome. There is a renegade archbishop in the, in the world. I almost said in the United States. He's not in the United States. Sometimes he is, but sometimes he's not. His name is Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. And Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano was somebody who worked for basically the State Department of the Vatican for 52 years on active duty. And then he retired. 
And for 52 years, he was a loyal servant of the church. And he was dispatched as a part of their State Department, i.e. their CIA, around the world to various places. He served in interesting places like Iraq, England, and the United States. When he served in the United States for about 10 years of his 52-year career, he was the top-ranking prelate and Rome's representative to the United States. He was involved in the selection of bishops in these United States, and he became very actively engaged with Cardinal McCarrick. At the time, at the height of his power, and perhaps even still to this day, Cardinal McCarrick was one of the most powerful men on planet Earth. McCarrick moved amongst the World Economic Forum, the movers and shakers, the tech billionaires, presidents and prime ministers. McCarrick raised billions of dollars. Billions of dollars for himself and for the Catholic Church. He allegedly has about a billion dollars offshore. I've heard this from a reliable source who has actually spoken to him recently. Theodore McCarrick is one of the most powerful men in the world. And Archbishop Vigano comes to the United States as Rome's representative to see what's going on here and to work alongside McCarrick and the other powerful cardinals as well, Dolan, Supich. At some point, we are told that uh, Archbishop Vigano has a Saul to Paul moment. He's thrown off of his horse, he sees the light, and he realizes how corrupt the primary organs or institution of the Catholic Church is. He helps to out McCarrick. He helps, he starts uh, issuing these cryptic edicts. He says that he is running for his life, that he goes into hiding. He goes into hiding in a non, non-disclosed location. Not like how I'm in a non-disclosed location because I'm just that way, but he goes into a non-disclosed location claiming that the Lavender Mafia is going to get him. Cloaked in mystery, this man continues to issue what I started calling V-drops. Remember how we used to get Q-drops when QAnon was a thing? There would just be Q-drops. Well, we started getting V-drops around that time. V-drops from Archbishop Vigano. And he would comment on the American political landscape, and he was very much pro-Trump. He supported Trump. He opposed Biden. And he just started commenting on all kinds of things. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the World Economic Forum, Jeff Bezos, George Soros, Pfizer, he was strong on the vaccine. He was, uh, he was uh, uh, against the lockdowns eventually. I think, I think at first he got scared. His Italian sensibilities were like, wow, Italy's getting hit hard. You know, this is, a, this is a period of crisis. I don't think he was that strong on it from the beginning, the way the king dude and I were. By the way, just a quick side story. The king dude and I were together in the heart of America when the COVID-1984 thing actually kicked off. 
Like he was, he took the last flight out of Kansas City before the world locked down. Uh, we had him in, a, in an Airbnb not far from the house in a, in a cute downtown area. The downtown had already evaporated. It was such a cool place uh, normally, and it still is, and it is today. He was staying in downtown Parkville, and uh, he should have been able to walk downstairs and go into an Irish pub and have uh, have a coffee shop across the street. He didn't have any of those things. It was like a it was like a weird ghost town when he was uh, when he was in the heart of America. When he was the skillful anchor of, alongside with. Um, Michael Hitchborn, anchor of our Christ the King symposium that we did. It was like a nine-hour event. We had all kinds of speakers. King Dude kept the ball rolling, even through the technological challenges. You know, live streaming has come a long way. Live streaming is a heck of a lot easier today than it was in 2020. Just three years later, anybody can live stream. All you need is 40 bucks, <laughs> and, and, and the software does everything. We were trying to engineer everything back before any of these easy software uh, programs existed, and it was, man, it was a challenge. But the King Dude and I shook each other's hands, gave each other a hug, and he departed on the last flight out of the Midwest as the world was melting down in March of 2020. And even at that time, we both knew that it was a scam. I don't know why. Honestly, it's not that it's not. I, I the king dude can speak for himself. He probably is smarter than everybody. I'm it's not that I'm smarter than the average bear. It's not that it's just a grace. It's just a grace that I had to see through the BS from the beginning. Um, part of it is that I'm I'm a little biased against Italians. <laughs> Have I ever revealed this to you? You know that I that you know that I'm not a kraut guy. I just don't, I despise most things German, except for the schnitzel. I do like the schnitzel every now and then. Uh, but most things German, uh, culture, German, anything, German philosophy, German literature, German way of thinking, it's, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. I can say that. You know why I can say that? Because I'm Irish and Spanish. I'm a black Irish. I have Latin blood. I have... Catholic blood coursing through my veins, pulsing through my veins. Um, and I'm just a little skeptical of the Italians too. You know why? I, I, I like it. Look, I, the, El Duce is a, is a huge exception, all right? The Roman Empire is a huge exception. But today's Italians, they're just a little melodramatic. They're just a little, um, I don't know, greasy, untrustworthy. And so when they started saying, like, oh, we have 90% casualty rate and people are just dropping dead in the streets, I was like, eh, why don't we wait till this so-called virus spreads to another country and see how other countries start to deal with it? And then, um, and then invariably, it made its way into Europe, continental Europe, northern Europe. Northern Europe didn't even lock down. Like, well, what was it, Sweden? They were like, yeah, we're just not going to comply with any of this stuff. And... Then by the time we get into April of 2020, both the King Dude and I separately on our own platforms are railing against this fake thing, this, this, this uh, made-up thing. By May, others start to wake up. By June, you finally get some of the, uh, some of the other commentators on board. I think it was July, August. It was finally September of that year that Tim Gordon 
woke up and was like, uh, this is kind of a hoax. By that point, I had been traveling the country, not wearing a mask, not worried about anything. Went down, went down to RTF South, our old, our old RTF South, our cabin in, uh, um, on the border of, uh, Arkansas and Missouri. And just didn't, I just didn't care about COVID. I, I just pretended that it wasn't a thing and lived my life normally the way the King dude did as well. This was way before we were all subject to the hysterical mask mandates and the and, and all of that. So I will say, um, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying I told you so. I'm just saying that I I saw it for what it was. The King dude saw it for what it was. And it's just funny that he and I, we he was the last person that I saw before everything went nuts. Took him to the airport, he left, and then the world melted down. And we were both were like, this is stupid. This is insane. This is a weird overreaction. Nevertheless, um, I don't think His Excellency Carlo Maria Vigano, whom we are talking about today on this segment, the renegade archbishop in hiding, I don't think he was that strong on COVID back then, but he eventually found his way. He is an Italian, and he saw his Italian, um, you know, countrymen suffering from COVID. You got to remember, Italy is a third world country pretending to be part of the first world, okay? It just is. It's fabulously corrupt. The healthcare is, uh, is, is just don't get sick in Italy, okay? Just don't, if you're gonna get sick, at least if just drag yourself over the Alps, get into Sweden or Germany, get, or Switzerland, get into, <laughs> get into a better position if you're gonna get sick. So I think he was pretty sympathetic to the COVID stuff. But nevertheless, he was, he, he opposed the masks, he opposed Fauci, he opposed Big Pharma, he opposed the clot shot. I mean, he was good on all those things. Archbishop Vigano. He became, over these last years, for some people, like the substitute pope. He has become, I have even seen people say, uh, Vigano is my pope. Francis is not my pope. In recent months, he has come out and said that Francis is not anybody's pope. He's not the real pope. In fact, he is uh, he is possibly a false prophet. Today, in this video that he has released on his YouTube channel, he clearly uh, articulates that thought. Can we be morally certain then that the opinion of Santa Marta is a false prophet? My answer is yes. Can we be morally certain that Pope Francis is a false prophet? My answer is yes. Are we therefore authorized in conscience to revoke our obedience to someone who presenting himself as Pope is in reality acting like the biblical white boar in the Lord's vineyard or like the hiring who is not the shepherd, who is born the sheep are not, and was no care for the sheep. Yes. What we cannot do, because we don't, we do not have the authority, is to officially declare that Jorge Mario Bergoglio is not Pope. What we cannot do because we do not have the authority, is to officially declare that Jorge Bergoglio is not Pope. The terrible impasse 
in which we find ourselves makes any human solution impossible. The terrible impasse at which we find ourselves makes any human solution impossible. What he's referring to, I know some of you are like, this is real, I mean, this is like Catholic uh, heavy, right? But you've got one of the highest ranking archbishops in the world. He, he, he represented the Pope in the United States, in England, and other places. He, this man is saying, I used to represent Jorge Bergoglio, and now I'm saying he is not even the Pope. But I cannot declare him an anti-Pope. In other words, I don't have the authority, I don't have the competency to officially, formally declare that Bergoglio is not the Pope. All I can tell you is that I know that he's not the Pope. He is, the, he is a false prophet. And so that puts us at an impasse until the competent authority can declare him an anti-Pope. And the jury is out on what that competent authority is, ladies and gentlemen. People can read into St. Bellarmine, who's like the, I don't know, the gold standard on this particular issue, whatever they want. Some can read Bellarmine and conclude, oh, well, some, some cardinals can get together and depose him. Well, that doesn't seem to be true if you don't want it to be true. Others will say, well, a future pope has to de- declare him after the fact an anti-pope. Okay, well, how do we get another pope? If he's anti-pope and he's, and he's not real pope and he's making all these cardinals, are they real cardinals? This is the, this is the depths of the... And it goes, it goes farther and farther and farther into this impasse, as uh, Archbishop Vigano puts it, that we find ourselves. It makes human solution impossible. Our task must not be to engage in abstract speculation of canonists. We don't want to engage in abstract speculation of canonists, but to resist with all our strength. But to resist with all our strength. With the help of God's grace, the explicitly destructive action of the Jesuit Argentine. To resist with all our, with all our uh, strength and God's grace, the explicitly destructive action of the Jesuit Argentine. Notice he won't, even, he won't even refer to him by his name. He won't call him his papal name. He'll call him Bergoglio. Uh, he's not going to call him Pope Francis. Refusing with courage and determination any collaboration, even indirect collaboration. Refusing with determination any collaboration, even indirect collaboration with him, with him and his accomplices, and his accomplices. Now, I will ask you, for the Catholics out there, to search your own souls on the words of Archbishop Vigano. I was critical of him. I was the first person to be critical of Archbishop Vigano. When he was a rock star at the end of 2020 because he had come out against COVID and pro-Trump and he had and and all of a sudden everyone was like, who is this guy? LifeSite was propping him up. They were flying to Germany to stand with him six feet apart, eight feet apart, 25 feet apart. I came out and said, I don't trust a lifelong spy for the Vatican who suddenly retires had the goods on McCarrick the whole time, waited till he retired, got to keep the pension, and then dropped the goods on McCarrick, and now suddenly is engaged in American politics. And I put together a whole thesis 
for if he is truly hiding from the Vatican, here's how the Vatican is going to find him. They're a part of the European Union. They've got a, basically the power of a superpower uh, uh, surveillance state to find him. Therefore, who are, who are the only people in the world that could hide him from a superpower, from the, from the EU? It would be basically Russia, China, or the United States. And so I surmise that, well, he's got ties to the United States. He worked here for 10 years. He's got top-level diplomatic ties to the United States. Maybe it's somebody in the United States that's, that's helping him out. And I was the first person to ever say, I think it's Steve Bannon. I think Bannon is still part of the shadow government of, uh, of Trump at the time. This was at the end of 2020. I think Bannon is running Vigano as an op to try to, to try to gin up some Catholic votes in the upper Midwest, Michigan, Pennsylvania, the Rust Belt. If Trump could win the, the Rust Belt in 2020, he's president again. How does he win the Rust Belt? Well, there's a lot of Catholics up there. And how do you get those Catholics engaged? Well, you give them some red meat. And that's exactly what Vigano was. He was red meat. And maybe in exchange for his security, so-called, for his diplomatic security from the European Union, the power of, I don't know, 20-plus nations who are allegedly looking for him, he claims it. He claims they're looking for him. I'm not going to call His Excellency a liar. So if he if he claims that the European Union is is out to get him, I take him at his word. And who can hide him from the EU? It would be a person like Bannon. I was the first person in September of 2020 to ever put that together. And then, not even one month later, in October of 2020, who should appear on stage together at an event at a LifeSite News event? but Steve Bannon and Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò. Again, I'm not saying that I'm smart. I'm just saying that I, I just look at this stuff. I just see it differently, maybe. I don't know. I was the first person to be critical of him. So when I play his words for you and I want you to search your soul and ask, how are you cooperating directly or even indirectly with the present menace in Rome, who is an enemy to the faith, an enemy to the church. I want you to consider His Excellency's words very, very clearly. I have had an Episcopal son of Archbishop, of, uh, of, yeah, of Archbishop Lefebvre, an Episcopal son of Archbishop Lefebvre, tell me in my living room that even attending a FSSP or an uh, It's to Christ the King Mass, could be considered indirect cooperation with the Novus Ordo. Now, that's a slightly different argument than what, what uh, Vigano is making here. He never says Novus Ordo. He's referring specifically to the Argentinian Jesuit. And I think that, I think that uh, the right answer for various people is different. I think everybody is given different grace to manage their way through these rocky times. And for the non-Catholics who are listening to this, we've got, we are, we're in rocky times, and we're on this boat that seems like it's going to sink, but you guys are out there floating in the, in the ocean and just going to drown. So I would much, much rather be inside the crazy, rocky, about-to-sink ship where the captain is either uh, against us or trying to sink the ship, and there's a big fight going on, or maybe there is no captain. And maybe there hasn't been a captain for some time. I don't know. 
But I'd rather, I'd much rather be on that boat <laughs> than out there with a life jacket and my faith alone <laughs> and my sola scriptura, my fake invented religion out there floating in the, uh, in the ocean. Cause you're definitely going to drown. <laughs> All right. So if those are the two options, just get me on the boat and let me, let me help, let me help duke it out. Archbishop, uh, Carlo Maria Vigano comes out swinging. And, um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. That's all there is. It's a pleasure to be with you as always. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Paratalk. Prior episodes of Paratalk are on the podcast, New Christendom Daily. I love that thing. It helps me keep track of what the King dude's talking about. I listen to it every single day and you should too. It's a good entree for your friends. Send it to them. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Here on the Crusade Channel, this is Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.